0: Does our consciousness create reality? Does the invisible give rise to the visible, the metaphysical to the physical? Hi everyone, Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys, back with another episode of Conscious Commentary, Conscious Commentary as opposed to Unconscious. Before we get started, I just want to um, say to everyone out there in the Higher Journeys audience who celebrated uh, Thanksgiving, primarily here in the U.S., uh, I hope you had a wonderful one and and uh, are enjoying what is now the, I suppose, official start of our holiday season. It's so funny that as a, a child growing up, I don't recall getting right into, right after Thanksgiving, getting right into the Christmas uh, as well as Hanukkah uh, season, it literally I think begins the moment what Santa Claus comes down the Macy's parade route. (laughs) I'm kind of getting into it because I love it. It's a fun time of the year. So to everyone out there who also uh, partakes in these uh, lovely times, uh, have a beautiful, blessed holiday season. And I certainly hope you uh, got your fill of turkey. Okay. (laughs) Now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, let's go to something less whimsical and more serious. And I'm talking about consciousness, of course. This is a term uh, that eludes a lot of folks, lay persons and uh, professional researchers and scientists and academicians alike. The big question, what is consciousness? I'm not going to attempt to answer that uh, because I think there are a lot of ideas. But this is a word that has been bandied about uh, for a long time Um, One that had really been, you know, wiped off the books, or not off the books, but forbidden to be mentioned in academic circles, because it was so elusive and and undefined, or was uh, decided upon that consciousness was nothing more than um, an awareness generated by the brain. Well, we know now that it goes a heck of a lot deeper than that. And in fact, I, I recall my interview with Nassim Harriman, a little over a year ago, I believe. Maybe even longer, but I believe about a year ago, where he brought the whole idea up of uh, those who were known to have major parts of brain matter missing were were still able to uh, be quite uh, conscious, not only conscious but uh, uh, lead quite normal lives. So that's kind of what I'm dancing around here. I want to talk. I want to. I want to start with a quote that uh, is very familiar to me and perhaps to you as well. Those of you who uh, have read. Jane Roberts, Seth material, I've made mention of the Seth channeled works for uh, quite a few years now. And of course, read the material um, many years ago. And this is a a quote that well, there were a couple of them, but one that uh, is also well known to Seth readers. And that is, consciousness creates reality, not the other way around. Consciousness is what gives rise to what we experience what we see play out, not only in our individual lives, but planetarily. It cannot work the other way around. Well, if you accept that idea, this is a huge responsibility, folks, just to first contemplate what that means. It means that absolutely everything that we see, feel, experience, the joys, the pains, the the events, Lord knows there are a lot of them going on right now. Maybe we'll touch upon a few. Maybe not. I don't know. Let's see how much time we have. But regardless of what it is that is in front of our eyes, in our screen of space, arises from the invisible world of consciousness. If you subscribe to that idea, I'll tell you the truth. I tend to. With lots of caveats, by the way. Then it can't be taken lightly. Here's where it gets very interesting. Uh, and I'm going to bring in a little bit of uh, what many of you know as Jungian psychology. That is the postulate, postulates that were put forward by the Swiss psychologist Carl Gustav Jung uh, many years ago. He's the one that popularized the term the collective unconscious. This is the idea that, we share in creating reality, essentially. I'm, kind of, I'm completely paraphrasing, but my understanding, when you think of something that's conscious on a surface level, that means you're aware of what you're doing. Unconscious means you're still you still have skin in the game, but you're not conscious that you are a part of it. Well, his collective unconscious is based on the idea that we all are intertwined with, operate by a set of symbols, archetypes, and instincts. And although they live, as well as perhaps an aspect of us in the invisible, that once they are dreamed up by the collective, it has to play out in the physical, whether good or evil, healthy or sick, up or down, left or right, whatever it is, from cell structure to mountaintops, everything in the physical world arises from the depths of the invisible world. It's a very interesting thing. This is what it led me to th- to think about. Have you ever heard me talk about the great work, I will call it, of Paul Levy? I interviewed Paul uh, some time ago, well over a year ago, maybe even close to two years ago. He wrote the book Dispelling Wetiko, W-E-T-I-K-O, Wetiko, Breaking the Curse of Evil. Now I'm going to tell you, this is a heavy read, it's one of those books where you read a, a, a paragraph or two or a chapter, and then you have to kind of put, put the book down and really kind of digest it. Let me tell you what Watiko is. Watiko is a Native American term that essentially means uh, a parasite of the mind or a psychic virus, something that the Native Americans believe infected humanity many years ago, but is kept alive vis-a-vis our own collective unconscious. To put it more plainly, and I'm pausing because this is a very um, heady book, (laughs) this book uh, Dispelling Wetiko by Paul Levy, very profound, bitter pill, because essentially what he is saying is that humanity is definitely uh, in epidemic levels of what he calls malignant egophrenia meaning allowing the ego to supersede any other aspect of self. And through that, uh, evil arises. Now, again, we have to be really careful using words here because ego has many different uh, connotations or uh, implications. Ego is part of the human, at least as we are now, part of the human um, framework, not the, in- the totality of it. But getting back to this idea of what ego parasite of the mind, psychic virus, meaning that there is a perpetuation of evil and, and and evil doings that have infected our species, but we are, according to to levy's book, implicated in the creation of that state through the collective unconscious. now i'm I'm deep in <laughs> deeping diving deep into this idea that consciousness creates reality because I'm, I'm starting with a very sobering, creepy kind of idea that inclusive of reality uh, or, or consciousness creating beautiful things, which of course it does, it can create the ugliest of ugly, but it arises from the invisible world of which we are inextricably linked this book, Dis- uh, Dispelling Watiko, is, again, I cannot recommend it enough to those who are willing to contemplate the idea that we may have a hand in everything that we see playing out, including the ugliest of ugly. But with another caveat, we may, I'm not saying that I completely agree or disagree. I just think it's an in- interesting postulate. But if we do, and as uh, uh, Levy puts it, we are dreaming this into our consciousness, and thus dreaming it making it a reality, then we can change the dream once we own it. Um, Consciousness creates reality. Well, we talked about the collective unconscious creating reality. And going back to the Seth material, which uh, an acronym that uh, I I used a lot, Y-C-Y-O-R, which means you create your own reality. He also says individually and en masse. But the question becomes, are we creating reality at an unconscious level most of the time? As per Levy, in this regard, in terms of creating evil, or at a conscious level? And do we have a choice? I think what Levy is saying is that we most certainly do have a choice. Once we realize that all of consciousness creates all of reality, then we can start to commandeer the ship of consciousness and decide what reality we want to dream up. Isn't that interesting? Taking hold of one's, and in this case, I would suggest we're talking about individual consciousness because we certainly can't be responsible for every other living creature on the planet and uh, getting on the same page, I don't even know that 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 is uh, what we're here to do. We can um, certainly begin by walking our own conscious creation, perhaps affect others and their understanding that they can do the same. Um, gonna watch the time here because it's so easy when I'm chatting with you all to uh, go over we got a little bit of time left. I want you to read the post As always there is a post that's accompanying this, uh, this podcast episode. Um, I'll have a few links as well, where you can explore this concept further. Uh, I'll reference uh, uh, dispelling Watiko as well as the Seth material. So you can really provocative stuff. I I was talking to, um, I think it was Jay Widener, my friend, Sharon, uh, husband, Jay Widener, y'all know him. He is a phenomenal uh, philosopher and researcher. We were talking about Paul Levy's work, and he said that guy has really got some hypothesis put together. I'd love to to get more involved in his work and, and expose his work to so many people. And I said, as would I. However, understand that this book is so heavy and, and forces the reader to consider taking responsibility for the evil that we're seeing play out. Ah, there's still a lot of people that I don't know would resonate with that. I don't know. Um I know it resonated with me okay I want to touch upon a couple of other things and I hope I'm kind of getting to the point again we're staying with the premise that consciousness creates reality but the question is uh is it the collective unconscious the individual unconsciousness that's really kind of driving reality the reality that we experience or uh, consciously or or both I would argue both let me jump a little bit um and I hope this I can connect dots here because I have a couple of notes, things that I wanted to to bring up. Let's talk about premonitions. What's a premonition? Essentially it's the the foreshadowing or, or having a feeling of something that is to play out in our so-called future. Having a feeling, a sense, a dream ergo in the invisible world that ends up in the visible world, the consciousness. Playing out in the physical. Lots of people have them. They're also called precognitions. In fact, I did a show with Rosemary Ellen Guiley on her show on KGRA uh, about a month ago, where we we broached that subject of premonition and precognition, and if there are any uh, variations in the the definitions. But one of the things that I brought up in because we were we were speaking about premonition because it seems that a lot of people are having very interesting. And uh, somewhat foreboding premonitions of late, recently, including myself, in in various forms, not just in the dream state, but uh, outside of the five senses. Let's just say that's how they happen. And in the context of dream premonitions, I ask the question to the audience: Could it be that our dreams are being influenced? by forces outside of us in addition to us now again this might fly in the face to some of you fly in the face of what i'm saying to some of you that we are responsible for creating our reality based on the collective un- individual and collective unconscious but in that same regard of af- assuming there are others that may have the ability to influence and infiltrate our dreams i know that sounds really deep not to a lot of you because you guys are into this sort of thing Uh, But is it not uh, a possibility that we can be nudged at least, uh, driven even, to dream certain dreams that may actually not be, we call them premonitions because they're pre the play out. But could these premonitions not only be, I'm bringing in two things, kind, kind of, I'm kind of putting two things together. One. Could we possibly be influencible by other intelligence, and I'm talking human and non-human alike, that have the ability to shape our dreams? And then if the action happens, so to speak, uh, in the realms of the invisible, including the dream state, would these, what we call premonitions, actually be playing a role in the likelihood of a play out in the physical world? Do you follow me? Does that make sense to you? Tell me, feedback to me. Would you, if you're, when I, because I'm putting this question out because I'd love to get your thoughts on, do you understand what I'm saying? And I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, this idea that premonition, that we, what we call pre, something that is out. could it be influenced by others and moreover, what we call premonitions, particularly dream premonitions, could they be causing? Could, we, could the premonitions actually be the creation factor in what we see play out? In other words, if we didn't have the premonition, we weren't having the collective dream or the individual dream. I know it sounds a little twisty, topsy-turvy. But it's an interesting question. I'd urge you, I'm also going to have a link to my uh, interview or when Rosemary Ellen Guiley had me on her show. And I'll see if I can actually nail the time in that interview where we really got into that conversation because it's an interesting thing. Look, we're not talking about reality being black and white. As you've heard me say, we're talking about reality being infinite shades of gray. We're talking about reality being not this or that, but this and that. All things on the table, all possibilities and it's a really interesting dynamic. Now, I know I'm talking about other intelligences infiltrating our dreams and the proliferation of evil. I know that sounds so horrible. But I want to bring these very, very, uh, very profound possibilities to the table as a possibility. Because if those really heavy things can are possible, and uh, then even some of the lighter, more... Uh, palatable ideas of reality creation are certainly possible can you create a happy relationship and if so at what level does that happen Uh, very quickly we have talked about this before in fact I've had a conversation about creating from the imaginal realm also the invisible with my friend Penny Pierce we, I, shortly after my book came out in 2014, I did a little, little, uh, little um, section, a little, uh, I don't know what I want to call it, series of interviews called Conscious Musings with Alexis and Friends, where several of the people that were mentioned in the book, we mused about some of these ideas of conscious creation, as an example, uh, from the imaginal, I'll have a link to that as well. So Let's get the evil and ugly and dream infiltration out of the way and talk about, well, if consciousness creates reality, then heck, why can't, how can we get down to the business of consciously creating what it is we want in our lives? Now, I'm not going to answer that question. I'd I'd rather leave you with the question, how can we? How would you? You know, there's some of the more popularized methods uh, of reality creation through sort of visible cues you know, i.e. the secret and making vision boards and and, and all of that's great. But I also think it is worth sitting with that question, how can one consciously create scenarios that are positive for themselves. I certainly do not feel that we should be speaking of people infiltrating other people's lives, uh, consciously creating something that involves changing somebody as an example we're responsible for ourselves and just ourselves. So um, and that's a big enough task in this lifetime. Yes. So what I will, what I'm going to leave you with is the question, if we can create unconsciously, and perhaps are, what can we do consciously, which by the way, still at some level, congeals comes together, together in the invisible world. That's the, the trick. A little paradoxical, I know I'm sounding, but let's think about those things. Consciousness creates reality. It's not the other way around. I love it. Let's go out and create consciously, folks, shall we? And since we have the power to create as a collective with all that's going on, let us use that power to create beautiful things and get rid of the ugly that we're seeing play out right now. Okay. I'm going to leave it there with y'all. As always, I enjoy your tuning in. I, I appreciate you tuning in. I enjoy talking to you and hearing from you. So don't be shy. Reach out to me as you do. So often on email, you can you can reach me through higherjourneys.com, of course, and of course, through Facebook. So please do love to get your way in on what we're talking about today and add to the tapestry. Will you tell tell me what you think about conscious creation? And until then, until next time, uh, we're approaching the end of the year, going to have a couple of special shows for you. Uh, But until then, I am Alexis Brooks, your host of Higher Journeys. We'll see you next time. Take care.